Hi there, and welcome to another episode of All the Things ADHD, the podcast by two Gen X women who are diagnosed with ADHD and other neurodivergencies uh, in our midlife. Um, today, we're going to continue the conversation around movement and exercise and what works for us and what doesn't and how all of that is okay. So we're going to join us mid-conversation where I am going to start by talking about my aversion to almost Almost all team sports. Um, Amy's going to talk about uh, her aversion to uh, martial arts. Uh, and we are just going to, um, like I said, continue this conversation. So uh, thank you for listening. As always, I am ready writing on Twitter. Amy is Digiwonk on Twitter. Our email address is all the things ADHD at gmail.com. And our website is all the things ADHD.com. Thanks so much for listening and uh, hope you enjoy the conclusion of our conversation around uh, movement and exercise. I couldn't do like team sports where we had to work together for something, right? right? Like I, like a soccer team or a baseball right. team, right? Like swimming, you were on a team, but it was still just you, right? right. Nobody was relying on me, right? you know, maybe on a relay, but even then. Right. Like I just, as long as I got in there and swam, I was pretty confident in my ability to at least do two laps. Right. right. Um, no, but, but again, it's, it's the, it's, it's, I was always just awkward and had poor hand eye mm -hmm. coordination and all of right. that. And so like, I would be so stressed out on a soccer team because I was right. like, I'm going to screw up and everybody's going to be mad at me. That and, feels like chaos to me. Like a soccer team yeah. feels like chaos because you're all just running around on a field. That's like basketball feels like chaos to me. I played team sports. I like team sports where there is a net between me and the other team. Like I like hmm. um, doubles badminton and I like okay. volleyball, right? Like okay. these are sports where I'm working with a team, but nobody from the other team is going to jump up and smack a ball out of my hands. Cause like, I, okay. just yeah. I can't do that, but I like, I like working with other people on a volleyball team where everybody has their own position and you learn mm -hmm. different plays and that, you know, it's competitive. There's another team that you're playing against, but within your own team, it's about how well can you execute this thing that you plan? Not that other people are going to jump on you. Right. Yeah. And try to, you don't get interrupted in the middle of your own play. You screw it up yourself, but nobody's yeah. going to come from the other team and wreck your play for you, which just allows me to enjoy a little bit more, both the competition and the, the team aspect. But some people love like elbows out. Oh Yeah. Well, sports. so, so, so my, my one exception to my no team sports is water polo. Oh, how are we even friends? <laughs> oh man, water polo. Cause so when we would do summer league swimming, um, we would, uh, um, sw summer swim team was a joke right? Like summer right. swim team, you didn't train very hard. So our coaches would always tell us, you have to do all the other aquatic sports that the summer league does too. And especially for us, we had to do synchronized swimming as well. So I did synchronized swimming, wow. which, oh my God, that's so hard. It is so hard. Which is why they made us do it. And that was okay for a team as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was, we were working, it's kind of like that, but we were working together. We had our own space, but nobody was going to attack us, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Unlike water was, polo, for yeah. example. Oh. But, oh God, but you see, water polo was that perfect balance of like, I was secure enough in my own swimming skills that I didn't right. get anxious about it. Right. And so it was like, I knew I couldn't shoot. I couldn't shoot. Oh my gosh. I could be, they used to joke. I could be in the net with the ball and still not score. <laughs> still and, be like, yeah. and it would end up behind us. Like it yeah. was just, it was comical. It became a joke. Um, but yeah. I was so aggressive. I was so aggressive. Right. It was just like, 
all of the anger that I had been socialized not to express in any way, shape or form because reasons, which we could unpack in another one, but like, you know, every single ounce of anger and aggression and frustration that I had ever felt in my entire life, all of a sudden I was on in the pool playing water polo and it was just like, I went into beast mode. It was just nice. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Oh yeah. My kid is like that. My, yeah, my kid does karate. Um, uh, that was on the suggestion of their father mm-hmm. who also used to do karate. And the two of them, like, since Alin was quite small, like they've been the ones that engage in roughhousing because uh, they are both very strong people with skulls made out of rocks and joints mm. that don't slide weird. So mm. like, sometimes I get caught in the middle and, you know, my kid will be like fake trying to fight me and I'll be like don't 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 you're gonna hurt me and like I would Tom will yell from the other room you're gonna dislocate something in your mother she's fragile <laughs> right I am like when somebody comes too close to me even like this sort of like fake wrestling or like just arm punching good-natured sparring like Tom's always pretending to use kickboxing moves on me and I like freeze because my body is so fragile my joints are so fragile uh that I completely panic like I don't have any of that kind of aggression because like anybody comes towards me and I'm not like I'm gonna hit you and it's gonna feel great I'm just like please don't break me (laughs) right so yeah and my kid loves that yeah yeah and that's I mean for the um for me it was it was the the again like you were saying about volleyball but for me water polo is like I knew I could swim And so Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to think about, whereas like all other sports, I have to think about running and I'm not good at running. And I have to think about, um, catching and I'm really not good at catching. And I, you know, I have to think about a lot and think about the strategy, whereas water polo, it was like, I can swim, right? Right. This is the thing I can do. I don't need to worry about the swimming part. And now, and I don't really have to know how to catch a ball, right? Right. Because it's supposed to just fall in front of me. Right. Right. So I can, I can, and, and swim with it and trying to take it away from someone. And so I could focus on that sort of strategy, right. And focus on some, I can feel someone coming up my side and I know what to do, or I'm going to go after this person. So it was, it was like, it was just enough. Yeah. You know, where the right kind of stuff. And what you're not thinking while you're doing that is you're not constantly checking your imaginary 1990s Fitbit and going like, have I had enough active minutes and have my, I burned enough calories? Right? My Timex waterproof triathlon. Right? Yeah, Remember those right. triathlon yeah, watches? Yeah, on it. Your triathlon, yeah. your, what yeah. was that? Like the Ironman type? Yes, the Ironman, the Timex okay, Ironman. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, because I can take all the joy out of it. Now that's trying yeah. to exercise into a chore, right? So you were uh, talking in our um, episodes of, about nutrition and eating about how when there's a diet plan that you have to follow, that's prescriptive. It just makes you really angry and oppositional, right? Yeah. Um, and I think movement can be like that too, where you're like, you know, my watch is always telling me you have 250 steps left in this hour and I'm only supposed to do 250. I'm like, stop judging me, watch. I did yeah. an 18 kilometer run an hour ago, right? And now you want yeah. me to move again, fuck off. Like I just yeah. get irrationally angry, but like there's certain movement practices that can be quite intense and sort of cognitively demanding at the same time that you just, you do, that it's fun while yeah. you're doing it. Like I actually have freaky hand-eye coordination. I'm really good at throwing and catching. Things, wow. Which you wouldn't expect because I'm super clumsy. It's the math. I love the math. Like the, the uh, okay. I just yeah. love it. I love for me, like I will throw like a baseball back and forth with anybody 
uh, I will do that until I become conscious that I can't actually lift my arm above the shoulder anymore <laughs> because I'm so mentally absorbed in trying to get the shots to go where I want them to go and making yeah. the catch. I become so absorbed in my enjoyment of the activity that I will not notice that like, oh, tomorrow I'm not going to be able to shampoo my hair, right? Like it, I actually yeah. have to experience a, a dysfunction in my arm to be like, oh, how long have we been throwing yeah. this ball for? What's, oh what's my time? God, yeah. my arm hurts, right? And like, that's the kind of movement practice I, I wish all of us could indulge in is where we actually have fun. Like it doesn't have to be a chore. And like, when I do those things, it reminds me that the life of the mind is not the only part of my life. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't have to be, I don't like live or die on the the quality of the piece of feedback I wrote on a peer review I had to do for some journal submission that sometimes it's okay to live inside my body and focus on like trying to get the right curve on the Frisbee yeah. <laughs> so that it goes high enough that my kid has to jump for it, but not so high that they have to chase it down the street. Right. Oh, that, or that, it goes so on the get roof. Lost in that. Yeah. Or it goes on the roof. Like, but to get lost in that sort mm -hmm. of focus on moving the body can really bring like a nice, not just like the physical tiredness and, and remind you that you're hungry and stuff, but also this kind of emotional balance where you're like, Oh, like everything doesn't happen between my ears. Like there are other yeah. parts of me as well. And I'm a whole person and then can help us be less sort of paranoid and anxious and, and, you know, all those sort of cognitive tricks that we play on ourselves to make ourselves unhappier than we need to be because we overfocus on the things that we think we should be doing and that we're not doing as well, or the things that we have deficits in like sitting still and writing my book this summer, right? You can be so wrapped up in all those areas where you think that you're failing that sometimes just getting out of your chair and engaging a movement practice that you enjoy, like can remind you to, that's not your whole life. Yeah. Right. So when, what, so I, when I went to university, um, I stopped swimming. Like I swam for half a year and was like, I know this is not, it, it's not the same. I can't, I'm not that educated, but what I did start doing, and this is, you might think like, oh, okay. Like you were young in an undergrad and it's true. But what I sort of replaced it with was going out and dancing. Oh, I love dancing in my undergrad. I know. Yeah. And I just, I was like for like five straight years, three or four times a week, you would just go yeah. out. And I mean, we weren't even really drinking. We were just went out and we went out oh, dancing. I couldn't afford to drink. I couldn't yeah, well, that afford too. the cover charge for stuff. But my boyfriend at the time um, was fairly good looking in a sort of goth sort of sense. And I was awfully cute in a goth sort of sense. And we had VIP pins for a lot of places in yeah. Toronto and well, we would just get in for free because we would just dance all night. We'd just yeah. dance all night. I mean, it wasn't as healthy as it might be today to do that because all those bars were full of smoke at the time. Yes. If you will recall, yeah. you would like come home and you'd have to take your clothes off like in the bathroom, because if you yeah. put them in your bedroom, your whole bedroom would smell like an ashtray well, that left in the room. I always had long hair. Oh, well, I didn't hair. always had long yeah. hair, but for a long time I had long hair and it would yeah. just like, you'd fall into bed and it'd fall over your face and you'd be like, oh god oh well yeah yeah but but i mean but that was that was and i was in sherbrooke so it wasn't nearly as expensive as toronto but i mean we were regulars at this one bar and like they didn't they didn't charge cover but you had to pay to check your coat right because it was in winter yeah um and but they we got we got free drink because we were there all the time like we yeah. we we moved when we moved out of when we moved off campus and into like in there we picked a place to make sure that we could walk there on a regular basis right. <laughs> where are we going to live right has to be within walking distance of my mouth like it just yeah. has to be i need to go dancing that's important yeah i need and i i would actually do that 
I would, there would be some nights where I couldn't sleep and I would mm-hmm. just get up, get dressed and walk to the bar to go dancing. And they'd be That's like, amazing. hey, what, what's up? And I'm like, are you here with, you know, and I'm like, nope, just here dance. They're like, great. All right. See you know, a movement practice is something that makes you feel better in your body. Yeah. Right? And yeah. dancing. Oh, and I felt so good on the dance floor all the time. Like, I'm sure I looked like a freaking, yeah. you know, weirdo, but I like, at it maze, just like the time of my life or whatever. I didn't care. I yeah. did not care. That's great. And really still don't actually. And I go to a wedding yeah. and like, I'm like, I'm too. getting on the dance floor. Like the only social yeah. acceptable, socially acceptable way for a 40 year old to dance anymore is to yeah. just get invited to No, it's, I mean, what are we supposed to do? No, that's true. That's right. True. Like, yeah. Oldies night is about the music is old. Not the people are old. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Like you go, I, I like want to be the old, that oldies night. It's going to be me. Um, yeah. yeah, no, dancing is great. Dancing in your house also is great. If that's a thing mm-hmm. that you like to do. Gardening is a great movement practice. Like if that's what floats your boat, right? Like there are all kinds of ways that, that we can move. And I think often neurodivergent people, um, find that there are a lot of barriers to movement practices they want to engage. Either it requires a lot of equipment that needs to be managed, even if that's just like a running bra and your knee braces and you're just like, Oh, like the barrier to beginning it is too high and I'm not going to yeah. do it. Or like, uh, I would like to get, uh, I would like to do yoga at home, but um, when I have to like get all my mat out and stuff, and then I have to like find a video I want to do now, I got decision fatigue already. I'm not going to do it. Uh, you know, so maybe you want to sign up for a class that takes place outside of your house because you know you'll go if you've paid money for a certain yeah. number of sessions. Or like, just maybe you think like, I want to do this at home because it's too stressful to leave. Or maybe like, I don't really like exercising because I have some gym class trauma. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, wear my street clothes when I go for five kilometer walks because I don't want to call it exercising because that yeah. freaks out. I like, I think all of that is perfectly fine or to be like, no, I used to be like a varsity athlete. And now I want to join the most competitive public league of over 40 volleyball players or what have you. Like, if that's your jam, you're super competitive, like do that too. Right. I think so much of our culture around movement now is, is very moralistic. Like you have to do this right for your body. And it just turns it into another sort of prescriptive chore that most of us don't really respond well to uh, and like require sort of like, you got to track your calories, you got to track your active minutes, you know, track your steps. You're going to like, you got to do this many times a week or like it doesn't count. And I think since so many of us struggle with executive function and planning and feelings of being behind on everything all the time and feeling really coerced by stuff, it would be really nice if we could allow ourselves to have movement practices that we can pick up and put down when we want that feel pleasurable rather than shoulds, right? Want tos uh, instead of shoulds because we're much more likely to follow through with them. And I know uh, in my own life, those periods of time when I have not been able to move as much, my mental health suffers, Yeah, right? Like, and I don't mean move like run half marathons. I mean, move like like three kilometers of walking or like 7,000 steps a day. Like if I don't, if I don't get that for several weeks in a row because of whatever circumstance, like I really suffer. I get a lot more anxious. I don't sleep as well. I get these weird aches and pains. I mean, that could just because I'm middle-aged, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like, why do I hurt today? <laughs> why do I hurt today? Like, is it my back? Is it my neck? Is it, did I move too much yesterday? Did I move not enough yesterday? Did like, I, I just sleep happened. a little weird last night? Yeah. Like, yeah. Or did I just like suddenly age 10% more overnight? I don't know. And I'm falling apart. 
right? But like, I, I'm really like sympathetic to this, like, you know, you should, and then you gotta eat your, you gotta have your snacks as far before you go and you gotta get the special shirt. And if it's not out of the laundry, then don't go to the like recreation league tonight. Cause you wanna think that you have to find your like membership pin that you have to wear. It's like, oh my God, some of that's too hard, right? Yeah. But a movement practice doesn't have to be any of those things if you don't want it to be. No. Right. No. And, and that's, it's, I think that that's one of the things that I have to kind of schedule it for me. I have to schedule it and have another reason. Yeah. Other than like, I'm just going to like the coaching, right. I'm going to go coach and I'm going to move while I'm coaching, but really I'm not here to move. I'm here to coach. And the moving is just a, as a nice externality to that. You're stacking, right. right? They call that strategy stacking, which is something that you know, you're going to do but you do something else simultaneously that you wish you would do more of, but somehow are not managing, right? Yeah. So you know you're going to coach. And if you know that while you're coaching, you're going to be walking around and moving and getting exercise um, that way, then that's a great solution for you, yeah. right? Like exactly. Stacking those things. And for me, like I always managed, like it was a bit of a struggle at the start of the pandemic when I was working from home because I would get most of my steps um, in a given day that didn't have a run in it by walking to work, which is exactly. And mm-hmm. walking back and then like going to my various classrooms on campus would get me another yep. three or 4,000 steps in the day. So I wasn't exercising. It was just the pattern of my day was in order to get yeah. to work. It was going to have to do almost three kilometers of walking. And then when that structure was gone and also it was the middle of winter, right? So it's not like, oh, it's beautiful. I want to go outside and have a walk to nowhere yeah. for nothing. Yeah. Right. Wait, uh, put on 27 layers of clothing and come in with yeah. frozen eyelashes in my nostrils yeah, frozen to go in shots, a circle. Like that. Yeah. Right? And come yeah. back. Why? Nothing has any yeah. meaning. Right. And the, the <laughs> less you find reason to do it, the less you're going to find reason to do it. Right. Like, yeah. so stacking is a, is a great option. Um, some of us just like to be super spontaneous. Like now I work from home and I have to do these runs in the weather. Like we were discussing before we started recording, it's getting really hot and I crumple um, in the heat. Like I, mm. I you know, I, I do count. too. I do too. I, I like, I get heat up. exhaustion. Like I get the thing where I stop sweating and I start shivering right? Oh, like yeah. it's bad. It's bad for me. And then I get faint and I get nauseous and all this stuff. And so I have to be really careful around the heat. Um, so now since we're all working from home and I run, right. I'll be like yesterday I had to do a five kilometer run and I did it like before, um, 10 AM because it was going to be too hot. So that was in my work day. But then in the evening when I would have run, I did some work yeah. instead. Right. So I, I had, was at Liberty to sort of just stick my exercise in where it made the most sense for my body to stick it in, right? Yeah. So it wasn't a plan, but other people like to have things like, I have signed up for tap dancing lessons and it's, you know, let's say, I wish I could sign up for tap dancing lessons. I've signed up for tap dancing lessons and it's 10 weeks for $200. And it's just, it's not any 10 weeks, it's these 10 weeks. And if I don't yeah. go, I've lost the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then you make it a priority, but other people really get oppositional when they sign up for stuff like that. Some people just want to be like, no, I'm going to pay a gym, a flat fee per month. And it's going to be a 24 hour gym. So if I can't sleep at three in the morning, I'm going to go. And if I only go twice a month, then I've probably made my money back. Right. So some people want a little bit more structure, right. Around their activities. Some people want less structure. Some people want their activities to not look like exercise activities. Right. But just to yeah. look like uh, informal movement practices. Some people want to be like, I'm going to take dance lessons. Cause that's an artistic form of expression. That's meaningful to me, but it turns out that's exercise as well. Or some people are like, I want to play a competitive sport right? Or other people are like, I want to learn like karate just because I'm interested in having more control over how I move my body in space. But it turns out I don't want to fight anybody, but it turns out that's like a really great way to get strong, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. There's all kinds of ways to do it right. And it's okay. 
um, to say that we like some ways more than others, because I know another thing that ADHD people really struggle with is denying our own knowledge of what we like, mm-hmm. because yeah. mostly we've been told that what we like is wrong, yeah. right? Like, no, you have to, you can't drop out of this because like everybody does this sport. No, you can't just do that thing. You can't sit in a laundry basket and read all day. Like, no, that's not appropriate. Like, I know that's what you say you want to do, but you're wrong. Right. (laughs) So like how many of us are persisting in like doing hot yoga that we don't like (laughs) because we think that we're supposed to like it, or we join team sports because like must be good for us because we hate people. Right. And this will help us like, no, nobody's enjoying that. So I give you permission listeners to enjoy your movement practices. And if you don't abandon them, quit. Yeah, no. And that's a big, um, that's actually something that I've, I've tried to instill in my own kids, mm-hmm. right. Where if it's, if it's especially early on when they were really young, like, I'm like, if you're not, we had a rule growing up that if you signed up for it, you did the full season, right. Whatever the season was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I do not have the energy to fight with my children over doing a whole season right. if they are literally miserable. Like d- mm-hmm. again, depending like when, oh God, I don't, do you remember me tweeting about my son's soccer nightmares? Like when I had to coach yes. his soccer team, Yeah. <sighs> what am I saying? But like he was, he would sit on the sideline and like play in the dirt and find bugs. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I am coaching the soccer team and I have like, kids. I there. am doing more on this soccer team than yeah. my son is doing on this. Yeah. Team. But it was only like six or eight, six weeks or something. And I was like, okay, yeah. we can just push through for six weeks. And then, you know, I love soccer. I want to do it again. And I'm like, mm, no, let's no. talk again next year. Okay. <laughs> uh, mm, uh, but it, you know, there, there are also the, so I, I'm sort of, I've, I was, I've been kind of like, okay, well, let's, depending on how long it is, but you know, I am free to help you bail. Right. Right. Like if, and and it's okay. Right. It's okay to be like, this actually makes me miserable. I am terrible at it. I don't like the people here. Um, you know, I am anxious going to it and I'm anxious coming home from it. And it's like, why am I, why would I make you do that? Like I, I, like my, my daughter loves ballet and my son loves to swim and I want them to try other things. But like at the end of the day, you know, I've, I've told my daughter this, I'm like, I know you love to dance and I don't mind. Cause at one point she was dancing and swimming and it was just too much. And she felt mm-hmm. super bad because she wanted to quit swimming. Right. And she didn't want me to let me down. And I said, sweetie, I said, I watch you when you're on stage dancing. And I said, you're, you light up you light up on that stage when you dance. I never see you light up like that when you're on behind the blocks or at the pool, right? Like you enjoy it, right? Like yeah. it's fine. Such she doesn't passion. actively hate it, right? Yeah. But, you know, but you don't love it. And right, yeah. and if swimming is uh, is inhibiting your ability to do the thing that you actually really love to do, then we're going to stop the thing that's not as, as, as fun, Yeah. right? Why not? Why not, right? Why like not? it's it's fine, um, you know, it helps that I'm one of the coaches. So like, cause they have like cancellation fees. And so they're like, right. don't worry, you don't have a cancellation fee, but, yeah. but you know, I, I was just like, if, if this is making you miserable, then we're not going to do it. Yeah. You don't want to sour people, like, especially kids, you don't want to sour them on movement, right? right? Because you're forcing them into an activity they don't enjoy. Like, and maybe some of us have had that experience as well. Well, yeah. I will say I spent like most of my young adulthood, like maybe up until I was about 30, probably thinking that I could not exercise. I would not go to a gym. I would not ever try running. I wouldn't play on any teams because 
um, my experiences in elementary school with those stupid participation Canada fitness test stuff. Oh my where, God, the fitness tests. Right. Like, cause my husband was telling me about how, you know, he just missed getting like the super highest, like platinum or whatever one year, because in the chin up bar fell down while he was doing his hold and that he held on because this is who he is he did not let go of the chin-up bar when it fell off the wall so when he fell to the ground hit his head on the floor he then knocked himself out with the chin-up bar on his forehead because he had not released his grip on it and he'd only held for as long as he would have got gold right and they were like well you can redo it you know once your concussion heals and he's so (laughs) mad that he missed the very highest achievement and I was like he's like what did you get I was like participant he's like there was a participant I was like yeah oh yeah oh yeah because he'd never seen it the participant badge right I was like it's pretty much all gray and it says failure somewhere in it right but like what I learned through movement practices as a child was that I was too clumsy and other children did not want to play on teams with me uh, and also that everybody could run faster and farther than yeah. me, that people could do more push-ups, that people could hold themselves up on the chin-up bar, um, and that I couldn't do any of those things. And so for a long time, it was very traumatic for me to contemplate even throwing a baseball with people, right? Yeah. Um, because I'd had such bad, such negative experiences with people telling me how awful I was at all that stuff and how I was weak and I should just try harder. And like, there was a lot of areas in my life where people were telling me I should try harder. And I was just yeah. like so demoralized that I went years and years and years like without exercising and I think that's a tragedy when we do that to children that we make them think that only people in the top five percent of athletic ability deserve to to play sports or can be considered to be athletic yeah never mind athletes right so I opted out of all that for a very very long time to my sort of detriment and it turns out I'm actually pretty strong right yeah like it turns out I can do it. I can ride a bike forever. I can like run half marathons. I am freaky accurate with a softball and I'm a pretty good volleyball player. And I'm a very active person with like an A plus resting heart rate. Right. But I, that was not anything I could ever have believed about myself from my experiences with physical education as a kid. Yeah. So if our friends out there are clumsy, distracted, hyperactive, spacey, neurodivergent people have similar traumas from elementary and high school, I say to you, it's a lie. It's it is. a lie. Well, I was, start over. Yeah. I mean, I swam, I was at, by the time I hit high school, I was a distance swimmer. I was training full on distance. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I was uh, not open water, but like 800s, 400, 800. Yeah. And, uh, and I couldn't pass any of the fitness tests. Oh, what? Yeah. I, I, so here's, so Did here's what I finally hit you in the head. Well, no, I mean, I couldn't do a chin up because I'm all, I'm all lower body, right? I'm all legs. Oh God, me too. Yeah. yeah. I so like, I could I'm not, like a whip it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but also like just, I, you know, uh, I could leg press, like I could leg press the whole leg machine and then have somebody leaning on it because I couldn't go right. to failure with just like, there was a bunch of us girls who were like that. Yeah. Um, I could do incline sit-ups with a 25 pound plate on my chest that we, that's oh, yeah. what we had to do. Yeah, um, you were telling us about this yeah, another yeah, episode, I think. And I was like, what? And then I would sneeze and like cry because my yeah. abs hurt so freaking much. Right? But, but again, it was one of those things where, so I was, I took to the water really naturally yeah. and, and the same thing happened with my, I was a backstroker. Um, yeah. and I used to always get out of the water doing backstroke, like hyperventilating. I was just dying and not in the good way. 
And it wasn't until yeah. I was 16 years old and had been a backstroker forever that my coach said, well, when do you breathe when you swim backstroke? I said, oh, I breathe in and out every stroke. And he's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? But no one had ever told me any otherwise, right? right? Nobody. And it was this, it was the same thing with running. Nobody had ever taught me how to breathe. Right. And so like, I would die when I would run because I'd be like, because I just like breathe in and out every single one. There was no breathing pattern. I like, Um, I'm going to faint now. We just try to imagine that. I'm like, I'm getting lightheaded. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But, it, but like, but again, it, it's, it's, it's this idea. And now I teach, I teach my swimmers now. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. teach you how to breathe. Yeah. Like, what? And I'm like, no, this is important. Yeah. Uh, this is really important. Um, and by the time I learned how to breathe and it only took me till later to figure out that like, um, that like I wasn't breathing properly when I ran and by then my knees were shot. So I was like, well, that's, and my feet are, right. my feet are flat. My knees are, yeah. I'm knocked kneed. I have floating kneecaps. Like I'm not really made for running anyways. Like it's You're just made for the not, pool. You're made yeah. for like oh. a less weight bearing environment. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm the person and, and this has nothing to do with the ADHD, but like I, um, my last year swimming. So basically my senior year of high school, I, I, um, tried to, I decided I was going to be a good breaststroker because I'm terrible at breaststroke. Oh, it's um, my best stroke. I, oh I can't, because so my knees, technical. my knees turn in and my feet turn in. That's right. not the, that's not the, mm-hmm. like, so I decided I was going to do it and, and get it, be a good breaststroker and try. So I could do my, my, I am, which is all four strokes. So my mm-hmm. stro- other strokes were solid and I was a distance swimmer. So I did closing speed, which just that breaststroke was so bad. My son teases me. He's like, I'm already faster than you. And I'm like, that was a low bar. Uh Um, And so one day in practice, after I'd been really trying to work my breaststroke kick, I did a flip turn and my knees locked. Um, Yeah. And I was like, oh, this isn't great. So I ended up having to go to physiotherapy and Mm -hmm. um, they like, my legs are at such an angle at the knee, which Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be at any angle at all, but they were at such an angle at the knee that like he drew the angle and called all over over all the other (laughs) physiotherapists to be like that's a great feeling look at this weirdo yeah no basically it was like that and then whenever I go to like proper running shoe stores like they're really Mm -hmm. like the running like it'd be like the running room in Canada but they've got ones like that down here in the states you go to a place where they take the running shoes really seriously Mm -hmm. and they say okay now walk across the store so we can see your gate they yeah no they're all like they call their friends and they're like look look at this what is I'm like yeah and I've like terrible ankles I've always had weak ankles I've had knees I've and I just I'm like this mystery of like how I could even walk at all apparently given like my physiognomy of how my like lower body is put together but it was really good for freestyle kick (laughs) please know that like this is definitely linked with autism and with also like less so with other forms of neurodivergence is weird joints really right weird joints right so uh, stuff like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome too, right? Which is about like weird joints and weird collagen deficiencies or excesses, right? That produce like your super stretchy skin or your really like double jointed elbows and fingers and weirdly mm. locking knees and all that stuff. Like that's, those are, that's a kind of physical um, trait that is more heavily linked um, in the neurodivergent population than in the general population. Like, I will tell you, frankly, that this morning I was holding a hairbrush too tight and all my fingers locked <laughs> into place oh, no. and I had to smack them oh, to get them to unlock. Cause that's a really bad feeling when your fingers yeah. 
uh, lock in the like sort of backwards yeah. position was yeah, like very that's... yucky, but that I was like, doesn't that happen to people all the time? And it only happens to neurodivergent people I know. Um, yeah. So if it hurts, don't do it. People yeah. find something that works for you that you can enjoy that doesn't feel like another obligation that you're going to let somebody down. If you don't do it, move because you love to move, move because when you are doing the movement, you are enjoying it. And when you stop doing the movement, you enjoy the way your body feels afterwards, right? Enjoy the mental clarity, enjoy the physical tiredness instead of just the kind of emotional exhaustion that you may go to bed with often, right? And and find whatever way to move um, that feels supportive to you. Nobody has the right to tell you what activities to do or how much you should move or how little you should move or how you should stop moving so much, right? Well, I give you permission, listeners, to start to listen to your, your own preferences here. You may have been the child that people really, really wanted to sit still, right? And maybe you've spent your whole life practicing sitting still. And maybe every time you feel like you want to jump out of your chair and take the dog around the block to clear your head, you think you're not allowed to do that. You are allowed to do that, right? Yes. I give you permission. Lee gives you permission. The entire internet gives you permission, right? And- so I we have been talked out of many of our own natural movement patterns and we second guess ourselves or it's layered over so much with this like moral obligation or this like diet culture bullshit or wellness culture bullshit that the joy and happiness that we can find from engaging in physical activity is almost absent (laughs) from many of our movement practices. And I wish we could find that again. I think it's remarkably therapeutic as well as enjoyable. Well, and also to say that for those of us who are perhaps the more inner, in, in, the inattentive and not hyperactive, um, who have heard our entire lives that we're lazy. Mm. Um, and so you think, oh, I can't exercise or you beat yourself up because you think I'm just lazy. Um, yeah. As we talked to, just talked about, right? These things are, these transitions are hard, right? It's sitting there, um, you know, I saw another meme where it was like describing like how, how it looks to somebody on the outside. Oh my God, they're just sitting there. Why don't they go clean their room or why don't they go make dinner? And inside the AD, she brains person is like, get up, get up, get up. Oh, I can't get up. Oh, I'm such, I'm so terrible terrible. because I can't get up, even though I know I should get up and get dinner. And, you know, and so I think sometimes in, in that same way that you didn't think you were athletic, because of those messages. I think for a lot of us, we get into a shame cycle about always, you know, about having trouble doing those things and saying like, oh my God, I have to get up. I have to put on a suit. And then you don't do it. And then you feel like awful and say, well, I'm just a lazy, you know, piece of shit or what, you know, like that, that we've been told or people have said about us, or, you know, we've seen people say about other people who have the same kind of behaviors and practice. And so therefore they must think that way about us too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's been a really hard thing for me to unlearn as well is yeah. that, um, you know, despite being a distance swimmer and doing like every single after school activity and all of that, I would still be called lazy. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. so like once all of that stopped, right. All once the routine was gone, once it was just like, you're on your own kid and I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wow, I guess I am lazy. I guess they were right all right. along. Um, right. All right. Like, I'll just sit People here and feel tell bad. You that story <laughs> of who you are. Right. Yeah. And when you're young. And people tell you that story that becomes your story that you tell yourself, right? I guess I'm not a person who exercises. I guess I'm like really lazy. I guess I'm weak. 
right? And it's really hard to, because that makes you very insecure about your capacity to do those things. Even if you want to challenge that narrative, you think that you can't because you think that it's true, right? Um, And like, as you know, from like those memes telling you, you know, have to do it, have to do it, have to do it, that trying to shame ourselves into doing things never works, right? And I I guess that's why we're trying to focus on the joy today, right? Like what would feel good to me if I did it right now? Like I just like to stand up and, you know, do a couple of twists and lift my arms over my head and stretch out my sides because I always feel good um when I do that I don't think oh I should get up and do my exercise or my Fitbit's going to beep at me for inactivity and then I feel like I've failed at this thing like and this is this whole toxic stew of self-judgment about all of my failings as a human being and an adult right of course you're not going to move if every time you think about movement that's the narrative that comes up for you right yeah you don't move enough and you're lazy so you can't move but you have to move and now you're just like I don't want to deal with this set of negative feelings that I have yeah. or <laughs> yeah it doesn't bring me joy right it there's no joy here yeah. there's I'm no joy saying, yeah thanks for helping yeah. me bad narrative and I'm going to release yeah. you into the wild now but like and it's the same story for people who were always deemed to be too active you know where yeah. like sitting still is supposed to be the ideal for them at any time they're like my body really wants to move they feel ashamed of themselves right that's yeah. not helpful either yeah, yeah. Damn but I think and, and another thing I think people with ADHD who, who want to move is, um, you know, we're with, it's all the things, right. And so it's like, I'm going to go start lifting weights and rather than start lifting weights, you really, really, really lift weights. Yeah. And then you can't walk hurt, the next day and you never or hurt yourself. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. oh, I guess I'm not good at lifting weights. Cause I, <laughs> I messed up or I mean, getting, do we do, we do that? Because we have to make the grand gesture to obliterate the counter narrative that we've been fed, right? Like, you know, if I'm going to be an athlete, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to run the fastest half marathon that anyone's ever run. But like, you know, it's like, it's not that I'm not an athlete, but I'm not good at this. Like I run really slow, but I run. It's not like I'm going to prove them wrong. And it turns out, you know, there was a gold medalist inside the whole time. Well, there isn't, right? There's not even a bronze medalist. I regularly finish in the bottom 30% of whatever race I happen to be in because that's not the story that I needed to change. It wasn't like, you think I can't be a champion. I'm going to be a champion. It was like, you think I can do nothing, but I can do something. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you're right. There's this very all or nothing ADHD tendency to be like, okay, I'm going to get healthy. So I'm going to change my entire diet. And I'm also yeah. now the person that gets up at 6am. And also I, you know, work out with weights five days a week and do cardio eight days a week. I know that's impossible, but one day I'm going to have to double up. Right. Because yeah. I'm making a grand gesture. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's, it's, it's all or nothing, right? So it's zero or 11, right? I'm going to, and, you know, and then nothing sticks, right? And then nothing sticks and you hurt yourself or, uh, you know, another thing that has happened to me with swimming is that I get super discouraged because it's like, I can't do the thing that I used to be able to do when I was 16 um, and and not 43. (laughs) Right. That's funny, Tom and I were just talking about that this morning about how you sort of imperil your own enjoyment in something when you are trying to run like you're still 17, right? Yeah. Or you're trying to swim like you're still 16. Well, you're not. I know. <laughs> you're not. That's like you're never going to be happy then because you're never going to be 16 again. Yeah. That's not how time works, even for no, ADHD people. That's not how time works. It isn't, isn't it? Flat? I thought it was a flat circle. That's it's what Matthew circle. McConaughey told me. And I got to yeah. say that. Well, and you know, speaking of time, Lee, I have another appointment. Ah, coming up that I need I to make to, sure uh, that I have I, time I to have, have to a get snack before. In. Oh yes. Yay. Snackies. 
right? Instead of just like, I can roll directly from one hour long meeting into a two hour meeting with like not going pee or having a snack or standing up or anything. That's not yeah. true. No, <laughs> so I'm trying to learn. No, that. I get it. I, I have to, I have to go put grades in, which is, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with spreadsheets okay. and, and automated mm-hmm. systems that I have to log into and click all the right buttons in exactly the right order that is not intuitive in any way, shape or form, which is, and you know, you should do after that Lee is take the dog for a walk so that you can get oh, no. some movement. I get to go coach for two and a half hours. Oh, well, there you go. And get your like two miles of walking in. I know. And it's outside again. It's not Yay! that stupid stinky bubble. And I'm so like, I've not been this excited to go coach swimming in a while now. You and look I'm very just excited. Like, I'm excited yes. for you. I, I'm just like, and, and, and it's, and it's fun to torment the kids. I'm not gonna lie. It's cold. And I'm just like, <laughs> doesn't matter. Swim. No sympathy from I this hope- Canadian. I hope that some of our listeners are listening to this podcast while they are engaging in their favorite movement practices. Brene Brown is always talking on her podcast of like, well, some people are, you know, walking when they listen to this, they tell me, or they're driving in their cars or they're riding their bicycles. So if you can't write this down right now, it's going to go in the show notes. Right. So I'm like, oh, maybe people are using us to support their movement practice. And I would like that a lot. So and, go for a walk, and, everybody. And even if we're not, even if you're lying in even bed, yeah, That's if right. you're lying in bed and the only movement you've been able to do is to grab your phone and press play. That's okay too. And the second movement that you've been able to do is to reach across to your portion controlled bowl of Miss Vicky's salts and malt vinegar chips, or or your or your or your protein shake. We support that. We, we support, support that, that as well. too. <laughs> yeah. Well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Amy. This was a great conversation. Um, I am uh, ready writing on Twitter. I am Digiwonk on Twitter. You can always email us at allthethingsadhd at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you next time. Probably like three weeks from awesome. now, I guess. But whatever. That's right. <laughs> Probably end up being two episodes. So we'll. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows, Lee? I'll time just find meaning. out when I listen to them. It's, yeah. yeah, it's ADHD time. All right. Bye, Bye, everyone.